today is, of course, All Souls Day. The Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. The day when we gather as a community to commemorate all the faithful departed. This is one of only two days in the year that priests are, by law, all by themselves, permitted to celebrate three masses. That might sound like kind of just weird churchy trivia, and on some level it probably is. But one failing of our uh, current period is that we don't understand trivia for what it is. It's not useful in itself, but because it teaches us something about the thing that the facts are about. Why would the church grant priests the faculty to celebrate three masses a day? As I record this, I am midway through my third mass of the day. Now, I'm still um, on my kind of mini sabbatical, so I don't have a congregation with me. So I've celebrated those masses back to back. But ordinarily in the parish, you know, we have one in the evening, one in the morning, uh, that kind of thing, right? You'd stagger it. But it's not only for the convenience of the faithful. We can say extra masses if we need to for the needs of the faithful pretty much every day. But, 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 but what makes All Souls Day so special? From time immemorial, from the very beginning, the earliest inscriptions we have on the oldest Christian tombs we know about, there is an intimate connection between the dead and the mass. Between the dead and the mass. Now, part of this is undoubtedly because in the early church, the mass, the Eucharist, was often celebrated in tombs. That is, in the catacombs, which were the tombs um, of the early Christians. But that isn't the only reason. I think the early Christians intuited what I have come to know myself and what I know so many of you have come to know yourselves. Namely, that we come closest to the dead at Mass. If the dead now live in God, if the Mass is the closest we draw near to the face of Christ, then how could we draw closer than to those who've gone before? I lost one of my best friends from childhood while we were in college, and I was studying abroad in Ireland at the time. I wasn't able to come back for the funeral. I took great solace, great comfort. I learned this lesson of the closeness of the dead through the Eucharist um, that year, just walking down the street to my local parish church, St. Mary's Star of the Sea on Sandy Mount Strand, um, just attending Mass and visiting the Blessed Sacrament. I, I, I was closer to my friend than I would have been had I been able to come back for the funeral. Since losing my own mother, I've never known myself as close to her as I have when celebrating Mass. This isn't just true for the priest. This is true for every one of us. I was reading something on my vacation. Um, it was a kind of a memoir of a, 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 a Protestant bishop, and he lost his wife. And he talked about how in those days after his wife first died, parishioners, friends, neighbors, right, they were all coming over with casseroles and stuff. Everybody was coming with food. 
and he had this insight, which I think is very smart. He said, I think the reason we're so obsessed with food in the midst of dying is because it's the one thing left under our control. I can decide whether to eat or not. I can decide what to eat and not to eat. And that's empowering in its own way when we feel so impotent in the face of death. This may be why um, in many cultures throughout the world, but especially uh, with our Hispanic community and the French, even in New Orleans, offerings of food are brought to the graves of the dead. Not going to look through eyes insufficiently converted as though these are, these are offerings to the dead, as though we're giving grandma her favorite sweet roll or something like that. That's not what's happening. But we can control whether we eat this sweet roll or not. And if we choose not to eat it, we can choose not to eat it for the sake of grandma. And that becomes more clear when we leave it on grandma's grave. When mom first died, my niece, Ellie, go to track practice. She'd run through the cemetery to train. And she'd always leave a cutie, a tangerine, um, on mom's grave, just like they used to have after school every day. So what should we do on All Souls Day? Well, get to Mass. Get to Mass. The best thing you can do for your beloved dead is attend Mass. And, you know, go to the parish office and have a Mass, you know, have a Mass offered for your beloved dead later this month or year. If you're able, fast. If you can't fast the whole day, at least give something up. Make today a, a tiny Lent and offer that little suffering, that bit of self-control you can exercise for the sake of those that you love that have gone before us into faith. And don't forget the indulgences that are attached to the day. Now, indulgences can look like buying ways to heaven. That's not the idea at all, but they are a way that we can do good for those who've gone before us. And those today can be accomplished under the usual conditions. Uh, sacramental confession, sacramental communion, and prayers for the Holy Father. To that end, I'm going to go and finish celebrating Mass for the intentions of the Holy Father so that I can take care of my dead, who are also probably yours. Someday, you and I will both die. Please, God, if I go first, remember me on this day and always.